You're listening to OEA Grow, a member-led production of the Oregon Education Association. OEA Grow is by educators for educators. Your host for season one is OEA member Jesse Bray. Welcome back, everyone, to the OEA Grow podcast. This is season one where we're talking about uh, wellness and mental health. Um, Today, we have the privilege of having Catherine Baguette on here, and she's going to speak to us about mental health specifically uh, and some more sensitive subjects about that. Catherine, you want to say hello? Hello. I'm a middle school teacher um, in a um, social-emotional behavior classroom. Most of my students are on the spectrum and have seen trauma or houselessness in their life. Mm. Um, They've uh, been through things that even adults couldn't imagine in their first 13 years of life. Really? Really? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, um, I don't know if you've listened to the introduction of this episode, uh, but I actually can relate to middle school, being well, a middle school boy, um, mm-hmm. I lived much of my childhood. Uh, I was homeless, uh, mm-hmm. so uh, I, you know, I experienced that sort of fragmented upbringing. Uh, though I didn't, I never went to middle school. Uh, so mm-hmm. for those who are curious, I never went to middle school. I was homeless, so so uh, right, right. I went to libraries and stuff like that. But uh, I, I feel like I could probably relate to a lot of these, these, these kids. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so tell me, tell me what, what is sort of your normal day if there's such a thing? Um, normal day is um, building routines, um, getting used to um, teaching the kids what to expect, teaching the students to know we come in and we do our morning routine, which consists of word of the day, filling out goal sheets for the day. What do you want to work on? Then we move into some academics. Sometimes if we become dysregulated, uh, students have different um different resources they can pull on when they become um, dysregulated. Maybe that's give me a break card so that they don't even have to talk to me about it. They can just step out, take a break, and then we can reassess later. Just because you you don't know what activates the system. It it could be a smell. It could be a tone of voice. It could be anything which would activate some prior trauma or mental health struggles or anxiety in their life. So I try to build a community where they feel safe to ask for help, even if it's nonverbal. Yeah, that's... um... Well, that's, you're doing great work. That is important yeah. work. Um, yeah. And I, I can't imagine, you know, like I can't imagine on your side as, as like your heart must be breaking every day um, and trying to reach these, these children that need that stability. Um, Cause I want to just kind of ask about this. What is some of the impacts that you've seen then uh, the, just the subtle growth? Have you seen that growth where you're able to see someone who I would assume comes through the door and they're fragile. Um, how have they blossomed? Oh, um, I can think of one in particular who have struggled. I, I had this student for them over, over a year. And mind you, we've been through COVID and online learning and just the gaps in, in general. Um, you can see on a, on a person's, not even just a student, but in my case, if we're talking about students' face, when, when it's almost like they're outside themselves and they're not plugged into what's right in front of them. It, you can tell when someone's in survival mode, even when they don't know they're in survival mode. And just learning how they function and, and what I need to say to them in order to lower that for them to feel safe. And this one particular student I can think of I have seen the students smile more in the last week than I have in a year and a half. Oh, wow. And it, 
it has just, and then the student will tell everyone, I've had a good week this week and I'm going to do it again next week. Do you think I can have a good week? And, wow. and defining good means being able to regulate when they become upset, say, hey, I didn't like that um, versus flying off the, you know, handle for lack of better terms, busting out the room, profanity, yelling, you know, we, mm -hmm. the student was typically having 50, 60% days and they're 90%, 100% days in the last week. Oh, wow. Literally wow. like a switch. Just all came together, everything we've been working on all year. Oh, wow. I mean, that's, that's incredible. I mean, I, you know, I, I believe that that age, you know, the, the term I like hearing is um, at, not at risk, but at promise. Um, that's the, and I think that there's such a, there's a fork in the road where that, you, you know, you can turn things in a drastic direction. Yeah. So, um, speak if you, if you feel comfortable, how have you in your, is there something in your personal life that you feel that has kind of imbued you with a sense of empathy and understanding that really gives you unique skill sets to, 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 to be a, a service to these, these students? Absolutely. Um, I started school in 1980, so you imagine all through my entire, and graduated in 1993, little did I know I had ADHD and anxiety. Mm -hmm. I had I had a slew of mental health that I had to suppress and wasn't aware of, and I struggled dearly in school. And I tell my students every day, I'm like, th th you were me, I was you. I know exactly how it feels to sit in that seat. Um, and, and so I can, I'm doing for them what I wished an adult had done for me. And, you know, that's, and then as an adult, I have experienced other, other traumas and it's, it's nice to give someone what I was missing and others I had loved in my life was missing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sometimes like, well, you, there it's it's a bit of a cliche, but I think it's a unique and the truth of how people hurt people are sometimes those wounded healers. They're they're yeah. the most equipped for healing yeah. others, um, and it that's you know I thank you for sharing that. Uh, it's it's sometimes um, it's idea. I think that vulnerability brings strength. Uh, that shows a strength, and to have that experience where you can say, "Hey, I've gone through this. Um, we're all going through something, right?" And it's really. It's not up to us to determine what the straw is that breaks the camel's back. Okay. You know, for one person, a mountain is too much. For another person, you know, exactly. it's something totally different. And the battle that you carry is it's both internal and external. Um, and, 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 you know, and I, you probably know because of all these students in your own life, you can see yourself in them. You can see pain that they're experiencing. Um, what in your life if you feel comfortable, uh, has helped you bring about your own personal healing? Well, I brought up my past to also bring up my partner's past. Um, yeah. He struggled um, with all those same elements. He dropped out of school in seventh grade. Um, he did not have a full education. He was raised thinking the worst of himself. And when we started dating when I was 18 and and he was 23, um, I, I did what we didn't know is we were bringing our traumas together. Of and, course. and so we, we got along based on that and we were best friends. And I, I imagine, um, and so 
when watching him struggle and deal, okay, what happens if you don't have someone to work through healing? Like, for example, a student in middle school is struggling and struggling and not finding anyone that will take the time to hear and validate their experiences. It just compounds. And when we talk about mental health, if you think about it, you have physical health. And if you are diagnosed with a physical health ailment that ends in death without treatment, I imagine a mental health, a mental illness that's not treated, its end result is death, which is suicide, death by suicide. Mm. So that's that's the way I I have learned to correlate it about seven and a half years ago, um, July of uh, 2014, my partner died by suicide. I'm so sorry. And and, and thank you. And suicide is is the most shamed, the most, I mean, it's, it's so shamed that my husband was suicidal from the time he was seven years old. You know, he was suicidal his entire life. Um, I remember stories his mother told about it, you know, and, and then after his death and um, uh, I, years of processing, it's only been in the last two years have I been able to speak about it and understand it in such a way to share with others. Um, The bottom line is mental health, mental illness intersects all race, age, gender, uh, religion, social economic status, mental illness intersects at all. And the end result of an untreated mental illness is suicide. Yeah. You know, if, if we're not working towards that, if, if, if I can provide some type of key to the students, you know, maybe when they're later, they can say, Hey, you know, Miss B saw something into me. I'm going to go chase that down. Yeah. You know, whether that's, a year from now or 10 years from now, you know? And so, yeah, yeah, no, that, that's my, my biggest takeaway in my healing is um, I had mental illness due to what my experiences were in life and healing from mental illness is just as difficult as staying ill, but only one ends in life. Yeah. And, I wanted to give our kids, my partner and I's kids that we share, a chance too. And that and that took me working on healing too, outside of everything, you know. And now I'm on this other end of it and I want to normalize mental health. And I want to normalize talking about suicide. It's my deep, deep belief that if we were in that place when my partner was going through what my partner went through, he would still be here today. Hmm. And so many people should still be here today if it wasn't so shamed. And I want to bring that conversation out and I want us to talk about it because it's so it's so uncomfortable to talk about. But the only way you can come to a place of talking and understanding is talking about it. Yeah. 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 That's oh my goodness. Um, thank you so much so bravely for you to share that i i i think it's important you you are absolutely right that we need to bring those dark things to light and so that people don't feel alone in their pain um and and those who are suffering with suicidal ideology uh you know that that is it's like a it's like there's a voice that's just just constantly just chewing at you and chewing at you and yes. chewing at you yes it's i mean outside of full-on psychosis which you yep. know um I took a course at Stanford for a, a diagnosing adolescent psychosis and things that people experience 
um, where they literally hear voices, that internal mm-hmm. record player that is just, it's this nagging, nagging thing. Um, and just to get a little of the science behind it, just if you don't mind me you know, no, going please. on a little tangent, um, suicide, the intervention for suicide is is incredible. Like the success rate when you intervene with someone, it's in the 90 percentile. So if yeah. someone is about to go that that right and you intervene, um, it's really it's really impactful. Um, there is a study done on Hope years ago, and you may have heard this story. It's it's fascinating. And they mm-hmm. took these hamsters or guinea pigs and they put them in a pool, mm-hmm. and they waited till to the point they would drown, mm-hmm. and they timed it around 17 minutes, and the hamsters drowned. So they decided, okay, we have this baseline. This is, it's kind of dark, right? But these yeah, are yeah. scientists, right? Um, so then they go, okay, well, instead of right when they go to drown, we pull them out. And mm-hmm. so they pulled them out of the water and then they could, okay, then the ne- and right at the 17 minutes, they pulled them out of the water and then they put them back in mm-hmm. and they stayed the next time before they actually drowned was in 20 plus hours. So instead Just- of giving up, right, we can give people a little bit of hope, Yes. Just to get then that hope you need. You need that hope that you're valued, that you're yes. loved. And teachers have an opportunity to show your love. I mean, yes. quality teachers love their students. You know, you love your yeah. students. Um, so anyways, I, I think that's it's very important to bring this to light and not to not um, to not have the shame that which yep. causes isolation, yep. which is causes more of the suicidal ideology and the feelings of alone. Uh, it's okay to not be okay. So, yeah. yeah. I, I remember, and my kids and I, um, their father, my partner, um, we we often now are able to talk about that time. I mean, it's not like we're like, hey, let's talk about it. It, it, it comes up in moments. Um, I make his salsa. We've been making his salsa for 20 years. And, and we make a salsa in the spring and summer and we listen to his music and we talk about him. And throughout these times, I, I remember the day, the day, the right be, the day he died, before he died, he actually went around the house um, and asked um, our middle kid, do you, do you still love me? Uh. And, and my kid was like, our kid was like, yeah, of course, you know, and, and it speaks to your, what you were saying about just knowing I'll swim a little longer through this muck if I just know, yeah. you know, and, and, and he was searching for something, you know, and, and it, he was already at a place in his mind, obviously, and compiled like the death, a death by suicide is very, very, very complex. It's not. Mm-hmm something that's just like, oh, this is, you know, a choice. It's beyond choice. It, it's, it, it wasn't a choice at that time. It, it was, it was, it was a death at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah, it was an alleviation of pain. Uh, it mm-hmm. seems like the way out and it's a hard thing, especially when you have other people who love on you. And I think the, the difficulty, cause you know, I have been impacted by folks and close ones who have attempted or have, um, had done the deed and it's, it's, it is heartbreaking. It's ripping from you, but the same time as what they are experiencing is so unique to them. Not that other Mm -hmm. people don't experience it, but it's so inside that it, it is the telltale things are obvious. They're giving away their things. They're, you know, Mm -hmm. isolating themselves from all sorts of things. Like, you know, you can kind of follow a textbook, 
mm-hmm. this percentage of suicide is higher, the highest actually, and most, I hate the word successful, but most likely between 18 to 40 year old white men mm-hmm. are the highest mm-hmm. percentage of suicide. Um, so, you know, which is weird when we look at the other things about racial inequity and pay and all these different, all these different things mm-hmm. fighting against it. But there's whether or not it's about um, why it's just that it exists and that these mm-hmm. hurting people need to know that it's okay to, to not be okay. Um, and to, to, as allies for mental health, um, we need to reach out when we can see it, but if we make it normal, that t- it's okay to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, you can, you can speak the name of the, of the, what it is that's, that's plaguing you and you can find community. Uh, yeah. and I think, yeah. Um, in, so like in my, go ahead. Yeah. Oh. In my husband's case, mind you, um, again, he was 44 at time of his death. Um, he was raised in a patriarchal society. You know, the man does what the man does. He takes care of his family. Um, he makes the money. He's the breadwinner. He also was affiliated with a religion that um, didn't believe in mental illness. You know, mm. it was kind of like, oh, if you're having a mental illness, it's because you haven't prayed enough. You know, uh, here and there, you know, if you're going to be a sinner, be the best sinner you can be. These are the words he heard his whole life. You're not depressed. You just need to get yourself back, you know. So there was no reaching out for him. He was just failing and he had suffered a back injury um, uh, four years prior. So he was also right in the middle of the opioid epidemic. So oh it goodness. was a yeah. combination of things that led to his death. It's, you know, it was the, the mental agony of, you know, I'm back injury dealing with opioid addiction. I can't ask for help because then there's something wrong with me. I'm not a real man. And that's why I fight so hard against, um, ever like, no, we're going to step away from gender. We're just people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're not going to do that anymore. Oh, goodness. Uh, what the, there's a term, Adler's term was a masculine protest. You know, the mm-hmm. idea that men have to, that to be masculine means to be loud and, and garish yep. and, and for to be feminine means to be quiet. They, you know, these are just toxic views or constructs about masculinity and femininity. Um, but yeah, the pressure is big. It's the mental pressure for uh, the you know, the quote unquote man to provide for the family and especially in a blue collar uh, craft where, you know, maybe, maybe there's there's both the social pressure and the the pressure within the work. And then the pain, when you are in pain, physical pain, you, you'll do anything in back pain. I mean, for those who've had on the unfortunate, I mean, I've had back injuries and I'll tell you, you will almost do anything just to just alleviate the pain because walking hurts, sleeping hurts, yep. laying down hurts. Every moment of existing hurts, and so yep. it's not a far, you know, connection to feel that that physical hurt to get to that mental hurt mm-hmm. um, if you already have mental hurt. And so yep. you know, I it, it is it is a tragedy, um, mm-hmm. but it's made you this in, incredibly tender-hearted person, mm-hmm. and you have this impact. This 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 calling to touch other people with your pain. I mean, I hope mm-hmm. you see that it's, it's, you've been uniquely touched with pain and that pain has become a bridge mm-hmm. and that, that bridge you can tell other people to come over. So yeah. I think it's, it's a beauty from ashes sort of situation. Um, and, and I, I am, my heart goes, goes out to you, Catherine. I, I, I'm Thank sorry you. that you've had to experience all that. Um, but I am, I'm immensely, I'm just, 
I'm impressed by you. Thank that you. you know, that you can do what you do, love your family, and be so resilient, um, and not be afraid that you're experiencing pain. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you so much for for being on this podcast. This has been Absolutely. just you know just been an honor. Thank um, you. Is there any last little thoughts you'd like to share about uh, mental health, or just to, just to, something just to kind of give a little tip to the audience who might be hurting? Yeah. Um, well, it, first of all, it's important for me to share Kenny's story because I don't think he was able to share it while he was here on this earth. He was a very tender, loving person that suffered a lot. And and if anyone is, is suffering and they are struggling with suicidal ideation, keep, keep reaching, keep asking, keep looking for someone that will listen to you. You, you just... It's possible. I know that if he was here now, he would have went through this healing trial with me. And and after everything I've come through, and I, for the first time in my life, feel comfortable in my own skin, it's it's possible. It's possible to come through it, and it's possible to be on the other side of it. I'm living proof. My kids are living proof. Yeah. Um, my middle child um, struggled with suicidal ideation as well. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it's possible. Yeah. No, and it's, you know, and it's, it's something that it's part of being alive is, is, is it's difficult, you know, um, that, you know, as the, the Buddha says that life is suffering. Uh, yeah. and, and I know that we're not get into some sort of just a religious ideology, but there's many people who are trying to reach out because they, they know they need more. We need community and a community where we feel loved. And that's something where as a teacher, uh, as a friend, seeing your sad friend if you are going through pain great you know reach out to someone else who can who because you're not alone you are not alone there's 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 nothing that's new right there's really no new pain we've all had it you've had your heart broke you've had loss of family we've all had it uh-huh. but then if you are seeing someone who's going through pain that get that look at it as a bridge look at that as a calling because they're worth you're worth the life that you have you know and yeah. I hate how many things in our world are always telling people they don't measure up because right. they're all superfluous. They're all just, it's just, it's just filler, but people are what matter and life mm-hmm. is what matters. So thank you so much, Catherine, You're for welcome. being on the, this podcast and thank you everyone for listening. Um, and please take to heart what we have to say. We hope we did not offend you, but we hope that we encouraged you and inspired you. Uh, if you are, if you are, experiencing any such pain like in this capacity please reach out to to some professionals uh or or someone uh that you know that you feel safe talking with please your life matters thank you for more oea professional learning opportunities visit our webpage at grow.oregoned.org